What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values. How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Proverbs 13, 22. Hi, I'm Rob West. That verse seems pretty straightforward, and yet it leaves several questions unanswered. Exactly what should we leave to our kids? How much and when? Ron Blue joins us today with the answers. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, our guest, financial teacher and author Ron Blue, literally wrote the book on this important topic. It's called Splitting Heirs, Giving Your Money and Things to Your Children Without Ruining Their Lives. That pretty much says it all. And by the way, if you haven't read the book and you're thinking about this idea of wealth transfer, it's a must read. Ron, welcome back. Good to be with you, Rob, as always. Ron, we've had calls from folks who even take out insurance policies just so they can leave something to their children, who in many cases are already grown up and out of the house. Uh, Does Proverbs 13.22 mean we should always leave money to our children and grandchildren? I don't interpret it that way, Rob. I think leaving money to my children and or grandchildren in many cases may be a bad idea. Uh, and I don't take this as a command. I take yeah. this as a principle. Um, you know, when that was written, there were no charitable organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so wealth stayed within the family, typically. And what it's saying is when you accumulate wealth and you've done a good job at that, your grandchildren are going to end up with it, yeah. uh, which is true. But it doesn't mean that I'm commanded to build wealth for my grandchildren mm-hmm. at all. I don't interpret it that way at all. Yeah. A spiritual inheritance? Absolutely, but not necessarily a financial inheritance. So, Ron, when are the times that we shouldn't leave money to our kids? Well, I always tell people that if you believe that God owns it all, then the last decision you make as a steward is uh, who gets his resources. So I think that if you leave uh, financial resources to heirs that you know will waste it or use it in a uh, ungodly way, yeah. I would have serious question as to whether you should leave that money to them. And so I counsel people that if you haven't left wisdom to your children and grandchildren, don't leave them money because mm. money never creates wisdom, but wisdom creates money. So wisdom wow. first, money second is my counsel. That's powerful. Ron, you've always been a great question asker. What's a question we can ask ourselves when we're contemplating this decision on leaving money to kids? Well, I think the first question that both Judy and I, that Judy and I dealt with, and we spent two years uh, answering the question of uh, how we're, we were going to leave wealth. And uh, the question was, if we left, pick a number, uh, 50,000, 100,000, a million, whatever the number is, to and name the child, what's the worst thing that can happen? Mm. 
And uh, in our particular case with five children, we had five different answers to that question. Uh, But that's the right question to ask. Uh, And then you've got to answer, okay, if that's the worst thing that's going to happen, how how likely is it to happen? Mm -hmm. And what are the consequences of it? So we had one child we knew if we left money to them, they'd give it away. Well, that's not a bad consequence. Right. but we had yeah. another uh, son-in-law that if we had left money to that couple, it would have destroyed his need to provide for his family. That was a bad consequence. Wow. So answering that question, what's the worst thing that can happen, is uh, is a way to ask a really good question about wealth transfer. Well, and that also means, Ron, that it's okay that we don't treat all of our heirs equally, right? <laughs> yeah, I get Every time I've been speaking, Rob, I, 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 use, I share this principle, and I always get a lot of comment, and that is if you love your children equally, you'll treat them uniquely because mm-hmm. they're unique individuals. And if you think about it, God loves all of us equally, but he doesn't treat us equally in, yes. in terms of money and possessions and so forth. He's not punishing us. He's just saying that he knows what's best for us. Mm-hmm. So I think as a parent, uh, I need to, to think— I love my children equally and come back to that question, well, am I helping them or hurting them by leaving wealth to them? Yeah. Uh, or am I using God's uh, resources in a in a way that I know will be wasted? That's not a good decision. That's powerful. Ron, that was really well said and great insights. Thanks for stopping by. Well, thank you for having me, Rob. Always a pleasure. We'll be back with much more just around the corner. Stay with us. We are grateful for support from LightPoint Portfolios, which seeks out family and faith-friendly investments for 401k and 403b plans, integrating faith values and fiduciary duty. LightPoint Portfolios offers retirement plans for a variety of organizations, such as businesses, nonprofits, and churches. And we're grateful for their sponsorship of the MoneyWise program. More information is available at lightpointportfolios.com. As the leading advocate for the Christian financial industry, Kingdom Advisors serves the public by promoting the integration of a biblical worldview across every aspect of the financial services industry. And we serve a growing network of thousands of Christian financial professionals, equipping and empowering them to carry biblical financial wisdom to their clients, peers, and community. For more information, visit KingdomAdvisors.com. That's KingdomAdvisors.com. Hey, great to have you with us today. You know, my mentor, Ron Blue, the author and teacher, here's what he says about money. He says it's a tool to accomplish God's purposes. Well, that's right. That makes sense. It's also a test. You know, if we look at scripture, we see that, uh, well, there's a lot to say about the fact that we can very easily allow money to take God's rightful place in our lives if we value earthly riches over true eternal riches. And so we need to be on our guard about money being a test, but also it's a testimony to the world. Think about this, our willingness to trust God when we have little and to share generously when we have much provides witness to 
an unbelieving world. So perhaps as you think about your money, think about it in that light. It's a tool, it's a test, but it's also a testimony. And perhaps that'll change how you handle God's resources. All right, back to the phones we go. By the way, two lines open, 800-525-7000 to Tennessee. Hey, John, thanks for calling, sir. Go ahead. Uh, Yes, thank you. So I've seen a lot about uh, getting a whole life uh, life insurance policy to be able to transfer wealth and also be your own bank and, you know, all these things that sound really good, but I really don't know how it makes sense. Uh, I'll have about an extra, I'm 50 years old and I, I haven't done well with retirement. And so I didn't know if I have about an extra $500 a month to put into some sort of an account. And I didn't know if this was a good um, means to do that. Yeah. So do you have a retirement plan at work, John, that you're funding? I do have a 401k that I match up to the 6% that uh, they do the company match. But I, I think I'm a little too late in the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're you're trying to play catch up. I think the key here is just to, you know, be systematic in your contributions. How much have you been able to put away in that 401k at this point? Uh, there's about uh, 45000 Okay. And how far away is retirement in your best guess? Well, I'm 50 years old, and I also have young children. So yeah. I'm probably realistically 70 or 20 okay. more years. Yeah. All right. So you got time on your side and I realize you're, you feel like you're a little behind and, you know, from the kind of benchmark standpoint, I would agree. Doesn't mean we need to, you know, get more speculative or take more risk. It just means we need to keep our lifestyle in check, try to reduce debt as you're able. Uh, if you, you know, hit, hit retirement at age 70 and you've, you've got, uh, you know, you haven't taken social security and you've let that grow beyond full retirement age, you know, probably 25% more than what you uh, would have gotten at full retirement age. Your house is paid off. You're completely out of debt. And you've spent this next 20 years like diligently saving. I think that's really the key for you. Uh, I love that you maxed out the uh, matching portion of your 401k. I would say the next option would be let's go ahead and fund a Roth IRA. You could take that 500 a month and drop it right into a Roth. The other option, if you want a little less complexity, just because in the Roth, you're going to have to pick the investments. And if you don't want to have to do that, you could just add more to your 401k, just have them up that percentage. Because really the goal that we want to get to on that 401k is not the 6% they're matching, but really we want to get probably closer to 15% as you're able to. Now, I realize that's not easy and you've got kids and there's a lot of expense there. And so, you know, you're just trying to do the best you can, and that's fine. Um, but as you're able to, I would try to boost those 401k savings. But yeah, setting up an automatic contribution to a Roth would be another great option. If you wanted to do that, I'd probably just use an index fund or a high-quality mutual fund that's just going to give you good growth uh, over the long term. And you know, don't watch that statement every month, but just make that automatic contribution. And you'll be surprised between your 401k and the Roth, you know, over the next 20 years, you'll You'll be able to build up quite a bit of uh, a retirement nest egg. Is the whole life life insurance policy is that not a good investment? 
It's really not. Um, you know, I would rather you just focus on having the right kind of term coverage, which is, you know, whole life is about six to 10 times uh, the cost of a comparable term policy. And it just adds complexity. Plus, you're not going to get as much upside uh, as you would just investing straight in the stock market. So the fees and the complexity and the additional cost, uh, I think for me, I would rather you do your saving outside of an insurance product and just use the insurance policy purely for what you need it for, and that's the death benefit. And the most cost-effective way to get the death benefit your family needs is through term insurance, not whole life. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you. All right, thanks for your call, John. We appreciate it. Uh, Let's head to Charleston. Hey, Ryan, how can I help you? Hey, hope you're doing well today. Um, Doing great. So I have about $1,800 of surplus income per month, and I'm trying to figure out whether or not I put that into an IRA, maybe a Roth, or towards savings. Okay. Um, Essentially, go ahead. No, that's fine. Go ahead and give me the rest of the story. Okay. Um, So I currently max out my 401k contributions, um, and I am am using a HELOC for an emergency fund as I'm a uh, $110,000 HELOC that I will be turning is for my primary residence that I will be um, planning to rent out at the end of the year and will not have housing uh, costs for the next two years when I go to Germany Cool. and have my company pay for it. Excellent. Okay, so the extra surplus is going to come in the form of lower expenses because your com- company is going to pick up most of your living expenses. Is that right? I already have a I already have a surplus of eighteen hundred dollars a month that I need to figure out whether how to whether or not to put it into savings or should I be investing it while the market's down. Got it. Yeah. And so is that surplus going to go up when you move to Germany? Yes. Okay. Great. Um, and what do you have in liquid savings right now? Anything? Um, about ten grand. Okay, ten grand in liquid savings, uh, and obviously you're living modestly because you you know you've got quite a bit of surplus here. Um, I think you've got a couple of options. Um, I mean, you don't have any debt right now because all you have is a line of credit with a zero balance. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So you're in a great spot. I mean, uh, it sounds like you're young. What is your age? Twenty nine. Okay, so you're 29, you're about to have this rental property, uh, you know, you're maxing out your 401k, you've got plenty of surplus income that's only growing. You know, I think you're in a great spot to not only continue to save, but also to begin to accelerate your, your giving, uh, because there's a real opportunity here, you know, for you to think about, you know, what God is doing and where your passions are and align some of this with that, with his activity. But beyond that, I think given that you've maxed out that, uh, that IRA, or excuse me, the 401k, I think the next option is to, in fact, fund that Roth, especially, as you said, while the market's down, it's a great entry point for you. And that's really the only other place that you can invest on a tax-advantaged basis, uh, apart from an insurance product, and I wouldn't do that. Um, So I think, you know, you're going to obviously... 
fund that fully, um, you know, with this surplus in a very short period of time. So I'd probably start by funding last year. So you could put in, uh, you know, 6,000 for 2022 prior to filing your return. And then you can start working on the 6,500 that you can put in this year. Beyond that, you know, you're on track uh, with, I would say, you know, all of the savings goals that you have. So at that point, it's just a matter of continuing to keep your eyes open and say, do I have other goals like, you know, purchasing another property, maybe when you get back, or do I want to accelerate my giving? I think uh, either of those would be great options beyond the uh, the Roth IRA and the 401k. Hey, congrats on making some great choices here, Ryan. Thanks for calling today. We'll be right back. Stay with us on Faith and Finance. Have you downloaded the Faith by app yet? You need to do that today because this is going to make your life easier. Yes, you can manage your money through the in-app envelope feature, but also plan out future goals. I want to buy a house in five years and I'm on track to do that. Here's also what I like. You can connect with people around the country. It's like social media, but better. Ask a question, get an answer and share what you're learning about money and investing. So why don't you grab your phone right now and download the FaithFi app. We are grateful for support from Praxis Mutual Funds. Praxis Mutual Funds has seven impact strategies that are designed to create positive real-world change. More information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses are contained in the prospectus and summary prospectus. This and other information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Foreside Fund Services, LLC. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. Hey, are you a part of the Faith Five family? You count on this program, you listen to it, maybe not every day, but most days you found some value in the biblical principles we share. Well, we'd invite you to be a financial supporter of the ministry. You can give securely online or find the address to mail a check or uh, even a toll-free number to call our team and make a gift. When you head to our website, faithfi.com, just click the Give button. That's Faith com and uh, just click give. All right, let's head to the phones. Uh, Lakeland, Florida. L, thank you for calling today. Is it is it beautiful in Lakeland today? It is. It is very sunny and nice. And thank you for taking my call. <laughs> You're welcome. How can I help you? Um, I was wondering what advice you have for a 26 year old wanting to save for a house in yeah. three to five years. Um. And I can give you more information on the assets and stuff, but basically I'm just wondering um, what would be good to invest in or how much to set aside for that. Yeah, I love that question. So you're 26, you've set a goal mm-hmm. to buy a house in three to five years, mm-hmm. and are you planning mm-hmm. to stay there in Lakeland, El? Um, Probably around this area, um, either Tampa, anywhere Tampa to Auburndale area. Got it. Okay, very good. So there's two kind of targets that you're going to want to set. The first is that down payment. And if you've listened to this program, you know that I'm going to want you to have at least 20% to put down. And then the other piece is you're going to want to look at what the mortgage payment is going to be, including taxes and insurance uh, on the mortgage that you end up with. So you buy the house, you put 20% down, you've got an 80% mortgage on the property. And we want to make sure that that payment, including taxes and insurance, is not more than 25% of your take-home pay uh, 
if possible. And what that's going to do, L, is really help you to make sure that you've got enough left over for you to cover all of your other expenses. Not only those things you get a bill for, but the things that are non-recurring that maybe come up, you know, a few times a year or quarterly, like your car insurance, um, but also that you've got some margin left over because that's what's going to help you to fund your other goals. Maybe it's, you know, saving for retirement or, uh, you know, some other goal that you have replacing an automobile down the road, that kind of thing. So give me a sense of, you know, whether you've started to look at houses and how much you think you can spend. And then that's going to help us determine, you know, what will your goal be for the down payment? And then we want to make sure that that uh, mortgage payment is not more than 25% of your take-home pay. Okay, well, thank you. I'm in the very early stages. It was just, I felt like it was put in my heart to start thinking about it. Yeah, um, I So I don't that. have those numbers right now. I just, okay. I do have a sum saved up in the bank that I could put towards, I have, I have um, a good amount saved up in the bank that I could pour, put towards something. And I just didn't know if for now, since I don't have those concrete numbers, should I put, be putting them in something that gains more interest? Um, so I'm not losing money on that. Um, yeah. What I already have. Um, yeah, yeah, that's I'm a very, great very question. Early in that process. Well, yeah. that's great. I mean, you you want to start early, so that's a good thing because it's going to take you some time to get up probably to that ultimate savings goal. I think you're right. You do want to put it into an interest-bearing savings account. I'd probably use L one of the online banks. So even if you're checking accounts at a brick and mortar bank, you know, locally there in Lakeland, you could open an online savings account and then link it electronically to your checking, maybe at Capital One three sixty or Marcus or Al. Ally Bank, one of those, those are all going to pay like three and a half percent in the way of interest and maybe even a little bit more. And the great thing is there's not going to be any fees for those. So you, literally a hundred percent of what you put in is going to be right there. It's safe. You can earmark it for that down payment and you're going to earn a little bit of interest along the way. And then I think the next step is for you to start looking around and getting a feel for what the home or the condo that you want to buy is going to cost. Look at the size, you know, homes and condo that represent the amount of square footage you would want and the location you want. And let's say you figure out that it's going to cost you, you know, 300,000. Well, you're going to need 60,000. If it's going to cost 200, you're going to need 40,000 for a down payment. That's going to give you a good sense of kind of what your savings goal is. And then you can get online and get a mortgage calculator. If you just Google mortgage calculator, you'll find a hundred of them free and you can figure out, okay, if I buy a $200,000 home and I put down 40,000, now I've got a $160,000 mortgage and it'll show you based on today's interest rates, what your payment would be. And it'll even estimate the taxes and the insurance based on the zip code. And then that will let you know, okay, is this payment something that would be 25% or less uh, of my pay? And if so, then you're headed in the right direction. And if not, then maybe you need to regroup a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, and I don't know, this is very much an amateur question. I'm positive. That's um, okay. Um, I would very much like to save up enough to not have that much debt on it. Um, yeah. I think I'm heading towards a place where I could comfortably make a down payment, which is good. Um, would you still recommend the same saving method if I wanted to save as much extra as possible to um, purchase with it as minimum debt as possible? 
I would. And the reason is because of the time horizon. So anything that's less than five years, especially if it could be as soon as three years, uh, I don't want you to put that at risk. So I don't want you to invest in the stock market because you may find that you're ready to go ahead and buy that house. You find the perfect one and then the investments you bought are down and now you got to sell them at a loss. So the time horizon says we need to have this really protected, which means savings account. Now, if you want to get a little more interest, you could put it into a CD. So let's say you had 10,000 today and you said, you know what? I want to go ahead and lock that up in a 15 month CD because now I can get four and a half or four and three quarters percent instead of three and a half in a savings account. You could certainly do that, but I'd stay in either a savings account or a CD just so your money is protected and it's ready when you need it. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. I think that gives me a lot of um, insight in what to start looking into. Um, and also some awesome. reassurance that I'm that I feel like I'm on the right track. So you absolutely are, and I love that you're already thinking, L. I mean, here you are, 26. You're thinking about buying your first house, and you're saying, yeah, 20 percent's great, Rob, but I want to do a lot more than that down, and that's great, right? Because you want to get out of debt, which is exactly the way that you should be thinking. And if you have the ability to do that, and you can keep your lifestyle in check and continue to save and make that house purchase. Man, you're never going to have that weight of having uh, too much house with a more mortgage payment, you know, that's going to put some stress or strain on your financial life. You certainly don't want that. And you're headed in that direction. Hey, uh, you stay on the line. We're going to get your information. And I want to send you uh, a Ron Blue's book, Master Your Money, that I think will be a real encouragement to you. It's our gift to you. And thanks for calling today, Al. God bless you. Sarah, I'm sorry we didn't get to your question. I know you want to gift your home to your pastor, which is amazing. Uh, you know, it can be as simple as adding him to the deed, um, which you could do very simply and um, you could establish a new deed for that uh, but I would check with a real estate attorney just on that and let him know what you're looking to do and they'll tell you exactly the most efficient way for you to do that we appreciate your call today folks that's going to do it for us we covered a lot of ground always fun being along with you on behalf of my team Gabby T Robert Sutherland Amy Rios and Dan Anderson I'm Rob West I hope you come back and join us tomorrow I'll look for you then bye-bye Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.